0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kowal, And we are Atlanta's own two Atlanta natives, in the week that was in at Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going? Sir? Going
1: going okay, Graham. Yeah, this uh, <laughs> Graham's sitting in some like
0: beach chair right now, yeah, in a storage room. I'm, I'm below you as well, which also adds an interesting uh, view to the proceedings here. Yes, indeed.
1: So, I'm, like looking up at Adam. Got the cat litter right next to you as well. At least there's no shit or piss on it. That's good. Feels like it could be a shit show of a show, Graham. Indeed. With that being said, before we jump into anything Atlanta sports, I'd like to address something with you on air. Okay. So this has been brought up by uh, user Hugo and uh, user Crochet, a.k.a. the two biggest Matt Ryan haters in the world. Uh Uh-huh. But this is not related to Matt Ryan. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. So, for those of you who uh, solely know Graham as a podcast host uh, and not a regular human being, Graham is getting married in a few months, in 2020, and user Hugo seriously thinks that you should be able to walk down the aisle, just you, walk down the aisle to the Superstation theme song that we play at the beginning of each one of these episodes. And he's pushing. He's been pushing hard for this for a few months. I finally said I would address it with you. What are your initial thoughts, Graham?
0: Pretty cool. I'm not averse to it. Because, uh, it, but does a man walk down to a song? No, it doesn't matter.
1: Okay. It, normally, you don't because the the real music doesn't start until right. once you get up there. So, but you do walk down the aisle by your like usually with you or uh, whoever's marrying you. Um, so I think. Actually would be kind of
0: appropriate for a... What do you think? Can the whole song play out while I'm just standing there awkwardly? <laughs> yeah. da, 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 da. I'm just like looking around. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be awkward. I'm, I, I'm okay with it. Okay. I really have no problem with that. All right. Well, that's not a lot of conflict there. What were they, what were they expecting?
1: Oh do no, man. Well, well, it, yeah, I don't know. And some people might say it'd be inappropriate for a wedding. It may. I'm not
0: saying we're going to do it. I'm just saying I'm not opposed to it. It's not going to happen, Probably not. Damn it. Alright. Well, we'll see. We've got five months to figure it out.
1: I don't think anyone's ever said, we'll see, and it happens.
0: So just let, let Hugo down now. Explain to Hugo why it's not going to happen, Graham. Probably not going to happen just because it would be strange for a. very disappointing. It is. hey that's probably not going to happen. Okay. I would not get your hopes up.
1: Fair enough. All right, you heard, you heard it from his mouth. Now, now, should we get into Atlanta professional sports Craig? Let's get into Atlanta professional sports. Where do you want
0: to start? Falcons. All right. Falcons pulled out a miracle victory over San Francisco 49ers, who I believe entering the game. Last week, were number one seed in the NFC. Falcons go on the road, hang tough all game, pull out a 29-22 victory, and set an NFL record by scoring two touchdowns, the fastest amount of time in NFL history. In two seconds. <laughs> I, was didn't, was that, I didn't that, realize that. With yeah. Yeah. that ridiculous play at the end there. That's hilarious. Where we recovered the fumble uh, when they, San Francisco kept trying to lateral it 45 times. Wound up throwing the ball 15 yards backwards and then just rolling the end zone. And uh, our boy Zacchaeus scooped it up in the end zone to really seal the victory. What
1: were your thoughts on that game, Graham?
0: Emotionally, how were you feeling about us getting that win? I felt good about it, but I was also, once again, just left with an empty hole in my heart. I don't really give a shit about the drafts right now. I know it hurts our draft status, but it was just more of like, you know, the one thing that you're never going to get from Dan Quinn is consistency. He's gonna have a you're gonna have a season where we beat a great team and we lose to the you know, the Titans before they got good this year or something like that. It doesn't like this this reaction that's been on Twitter, this vehement reaction of just saying, Oh, you gotta give him another chance now. And you know, a lot of it's not just fans. There are a lot of pundits out there, analysts that are saying you gotta give him another chance, but I mean you gotta look at the whole picture and, you, and and look at this year. It's like we started off one in seven. This is the second year in a row we started off Really shitty, and then won some games down the stretch are ultimately meaningless. And it's like, if, and Dan Quinn is 19 and 22 since the Super Bowl debacle. If you bring him back again, you will get more of the same. Maybe you'll go to the playoffs again next year. I don't know, but we're never going to get to where we want to go or have any sort of consistency with Dan Quinn as our head coach, in my opinion. Five years, I've seen enough. That's a real uh,
1: damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, uh, well, analysis on your part for Dan Quinn. The fact that we got a great win on the road. Is an example of why you need to fire Dan Quinn.
0: Is what you're saying there. It just reinforces. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we go out there and lose by 10 points to Jacksonville on Sunday. Like, you just don't know what you're going to get, and it's frustrating. Well, I think we're winning out. I mean, just this team can't get ready
1: for a season for whatever reason.
0: Well, yeah, and like I hear, you know, Dan Quinn in the presser—I don't know if it was today or yesterday or whatever—his like, team's really starting to find its identity. It's like, motherfucker, it's week fifteen. Oh, he said that. Yeah, and I was like, if he—if if you're just finding your identity now, that's just another reason to fire your ass because if you can't find an identity until week fifteen when the season is over, I'm sorry, we just—we can't keep dealing with this with this show. We can't keep wasting prime years of, of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. And I would also like to point out that you know we beat San Francisco with pretty much only Julio as Julio as pretty much the only wide receiver. Well, see, I was thinking about that today as I was re-listening to our last week's podcast
1: when we were talking about Austin Hooper, and you were saying something about how we're not going to have the offensive weapons if we don't bring Hooper back. But I think as long as you have Julio Jones, we've proven in other games that... I mean, if you scheme well enough, you don't need superstar skill players everywhere. No, you don't. And I, I think that's exactly why... We're in the position we are now with um, shitty depth in the trenches is because we focused on these superstar players. Where we didn't need Calvin Ridley, really. No, that was, like, that was not we, a good pick at the end of the you day. You have Julio Jones put just like solid receivers who can, who aren't going to drop the ball left and right. Yeah. Speaking of drop balls, you know the Falcons
0: have the fewest drop balls in the league. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow like three that's actually that's saying something three on the season that's saying something considering we're like the 27th worst rushing offense so we throw the ball a hell of a lot Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean against the niners they
1: did what you're supposed to do with julio jones which is just feeding the ball all day long and he's going to win his matchups it's just like the niners were doing with uh kittle yeah like they have a kittle killed us they have a beast of a receiver and we knew they were going to throw it to him and he's still
0: like He has that much talent. He's still going to make plays. Um, Yeah, one thing that was interesting to me about this game is, once again, the reliance on Devontae Freeman trying to run the football was just sad to watch. I know San Francisco has an excellent, excellent run defense. But, you know, 12 carries, 39 yards. Brian Hill only gets one opportunity at him. You know what he did with that one carry? Got about 16 yards? 16 yards right out of the money. Woo! Yeah, one carry for 16 yards. It's like, why? Like, every time Brian Hill gets the, the ball, it's like he shot out of a cannon. I don't know why he's not getting more opportunities to touch football in these games, particularly when we really don't have anything to play for. You know, it's not like you're hurting the team by having him go out there. And every time, it seems like every time he gets the ball, he, he does something exciting with it. Obviously, that would change if he got more volume, but I'm seeing enough from him to the point where I want to see him get a 15 touch game or something like that. You realize we won this game,
1: though, right? Yes. And it was a very good win. I mean, if, if this win had been under any other circumstance, it'd be like, I mean, we have the two best, probably the two best wins in the NFL yeah. this year. Go on the road, beat the Saints, crush and the go, Saints. And then go on the road and beat, beat the Niners. Yeah. It's like,
0: what the hell? And a game-winning drive. This is the 38th time Matt Ryan has done this, which is tied for the NFL lead since he came in the league in 2008 with uh, your boy Drew Brees.
1: But unfortunately, I mean, I I just watching that game, I was just like very neutral the entire
0: time. Yeah, there's not like a ton. Like even when we won, I didn't get really excited. I was like, when the when the Julio Jones call was was um, was overturned, and when the ball clearly broke the plane there, I was like, good, yay. But I wasn't, you know, if that had happened in a game where we were I don't know, playoff contention or or fighting for seating, I would have been stripping my pants off and running down yeah. the street you know yeah that, that i
1: feel like dan quinn has stripped us of many potential great moments this year graham yeah like
0: how that, that would have been an amazing win yeah but now it's just like instead it's just like shit now we drop from eighth to twelfth yeah and it says a draft. lot about this team to me also that they're playing this well because they're fighting for dan quinn's job and it's like where the hell was this in the beginning of the season it just keeps going back to him no matter if it's like, like no matter what, no matter if it's the best win in the world, which one could argue this was, a, you know, the win of the year. I wouldn't, you know, argue against you. I mean, you could say Saints game. Regardless, it's like at the end of the day, it's just it just is hollow. It's very hollow, and it doesn't really have a ton of meaning to me for the long term prospects of the franchise. And you have to look at the long term prospects because you're totally screwed this year. Yeah, year's almost over, man. Been a wasted couple seasons. Yeah, and it can't continue. And if you bring them back, that's what's going to happen again next year. And I really can't. Maybe, maybe not. Oh yeah, you just don't know, right? But I mean, there's there's more of. We've seen enough. We've had three shitty seasons and two good seasons. Really, one great season. I think you have to look at the big picture. If you're Arthur Blank, like don't don't look
1: at these wins in New Orleans and San Francisco, or the fact that the players. Might be fighting for him, or maybe they're just playing for their own jobs. who knows the bigger picture is you thought about firing this guy last year after finishing seven and nine. You bring him back this year, and at the end of the day, the best case scenario is seven nine. I don't care how you get to seven and nine, you're seven and nine right, like I said, we started one and seven.
0: that's unacceptable. He's got to go, yeah, if mediocrity's all you want, then hire him again. simple as that. Yeah. And it's not a situation either where you know you'll get a head coach in here who will retain the defensive coordinators or anything like that. If you bring in a new head coach, he's going to bring in his own staff. Um, you know, it'll be a completely different look. Which I can also see someone thinking though, like, "Oh God, you know, if we just give him one more chance, maybe this is maybe they finally, finally, really figured it out. They're playing a hell of a lot better now than they did down the stretch last year." They're beating quality opponents. I mean, I can see the argument for it, but I just I cannot get behind it. There's too much evidence to the negative than there is to the positive for me for this this regime. Thomas Dimitrov included. I mean, this is this is what only going to be a second losing season, right? Though. Yeah, because I think the first season was eight and eight, which is still pretty much seven to nine. Eight still and missed eight. the playoffs. You started five and zero that year too, and you collapsed down the stretch. Eight and eight, and the Super Bowl, and the playoffs. And then, two shit shows. Yeah, and it just comes back to like I mean, th- no one's talking about this, but it's the it's the second half after that fumble uh, where, where Barner fumbled the punt and Yuzhack picked up the fumble at the one yard line. For some reason, Dan Quinn decides to call a timeout there and burn a timeout with like thirteen minutes left in the third quarter, whatever it was. And it's like, what the f- what are you doing? We know how precious timeouts are at the end of the game, and that's what he does. Like, what, what, what advantage does that give you to call a timeout there? It's just stupid. What did you think about him
1: when we did score the touchdown, not kicking the extra point, not going
0: for two, but kneeling it? I actually thought that was kind of smart. At first I was like, what the hell is he doing? But then I thought, you know what? If one team can have an extra point go awry after this, it's, it's the Falcons. So you know, especially with the you know the ball doesn't die anymore. We were the first pick. We were the first pick two in the history of the NFL. So we could easily fumble it, throw a pick, yeah, get it blocked. I actually was Returned. in favor yeah. when it first happened. I was like, "What the hell is going on?" Yeah, like, you know, and that was actually a smart move. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I, I was fine with it. Honestly, yeah, it was quite odd though. I've never seen. Do you think his game manager coach? I don't know, to know who called it. it. I don't know. I don't really care. I, I it was a good. I'll give whoever made that call credit, though. Um, Yeah, and the defense played, you know, outstanding. Held the 49ers to 4-12 on third down conversions. They weren't really torched by anybody except for Kittle. And um, I'll tell you what, Isaiah Oliver, ever since Raheem Morris moved back over to defense, has just been a completely different player. Blanketing receivers like there's no tomorrow. Sheffield looks good. Another, this is just another example of why you move on from Desmond Trufant. Like, we were totally fine without him. I mean, I know Kittle killed you, but Kittle kills everybody. I mean, that game last week against the Saints where he caught a ball and had three guys pull on his face mask and ran the ball 25 yards down the field. He's a freak of nature. He's a Gronkowski type of tight end in his prime sort of thing. Um, Do you give Dimitrov a little credit for this last year's draft then?
1: In the past two years with what he's done in the secondary with Sheffield and
0: Oliver? Yeah, I mean, and I it, suppose it, their they're out to be a o- line does look a lot better with uh, Lindstrom, Lindstrom being out there. Yeah. Definitely getting more protection from Matt, which is good, particularly with a, with a defense that's as vicious as the Forty Nineers. Um, it's tough. I mean, you got to consider the injuries too, and and all this stuff. It's just it, there's still just way too much talent to ha- have this be a record right now. It's like I think we've clearly established that the win against the wins the win against the Saints. Um and, and now 49ers, they're not fluke wins. But also, in between all this, you went home against Tampa Bay, who has been competitive this year, but you still lost by, like, 13 points. It's just, like, well, it's, good teams, like, teams that can have any sort of modicum of consistency will not do that. Well, it's definitely a problem
1: that we can't win at home. Yeah. Two wins at home?
0: Yeah.
1: Eagles and Carolina? Eagles and Carolina, correct. So... One could argue, if we're playing at the Georgia Dome still, Graham, we could be a playoff team They'd, right now. be in the playoffs. You win that Saints game.
0: Yeah, definitely could have won that game. You win that Titans game. I really like, I, I, I don't want to go back to the Mercedes-Benz stadium. I have really no good memories there as a, as a Falcons fan. Even the games I've been to that we've won. First game I went to was against Tampa Bay the year we lost to the Eagles in the division round, and it was just like, the yeah, atmosphere is okay. I mean, everything is just okay. You know, it's just, it's just like, it doesn't get you pumped like the Georgia Dome used to. Like, when you watch them through the Dome, it was rowdy as hell. People are going nuts. And even when the team was down and you went to games that were, uh, you know, that were meaningless almost, it was still fun to go to the Georgia Dome. I, I, just something about the bins, even though it's a really nice stadium and I like it, it, it doesn't call to me. It doesn't make me feel warm and gooey inside. There's nothing about it that's like, oh, man... I feel home here. I don't know how to really how to describe it. It's just every time I go, it's just it's just a blasé experience. I mean, like, United is a different story. I'm not even talking about United. I'm talking about the fourth Falcons games.
1: Well, I mean, it's they always said that about, like, uh, Jerry World out in Dallas as well. That, I mean, it's this amazing stadium, but it's just so corporate. Yeah. So it's kind of just, that's the new vibe. I guess that's what people build now. If you put suites on the field that are for corporate corporate people only and half of the time they're not even filled yeah God knows how much those cost put all the real fans at home with PSLs you get what you get Arthur
0: yeah and also I mean the, the, the team isn't doing anything to warrant consideration for PSLs I feel horrible for the people that did buy PSLs that are sitting there going like man if I was a PSL owner I'd be rioting right now thousands and thousands of dollars on this you gym. know they're raising the prices they don't, they can. How can they have the audacity to raise the prices after this horrible season? Apparently
1: they're raising prices for, uh, it's a big, a big clickbaity. They're raising prices for uh, like lower level seats, upper level seats, or like maybe going down a couple bucks. Oh, no. I don't know. But still, for anyone to get their tickets raised. It's absurd. You can't justify that. I mean, you could make the argument that, I mean, you and I are definitely not PSL guys. No. If we didn't have PSLs, I think the Falcons are fighting for playoff spot.
0: I think it has nothing you, to you do. You get a better
1: atmosphere well, in there for a couple games, maybe. that makes a difference. Maybe. I mean... that Seahawks game I was at was a winnable game, but it, the atmosphere was just disgusting.
0: Yeah.
1: That, no wonder you can't get jacked up to play. Right. That's why they play better on the road. They're more jacked up by an actual crowd, even maybe if so. they're cheering against them.
0: I don't know. Either way, the PSLs was a terrible idea. And the Falcons aren't good enough as a historical franchise for people to want to, you know, after all heartbreak and all the bullshit, uh, to warrant, and PSLs just within themselves are un-American. You, you shouldn't have to pay for the right to then buy your season tickets, which is what a PSL is. Like, season tickets, I get it. You, you, you pay a fee get your season tickets. You shouldn't have to pay a fee to then say, oh, now I want to get season tickets. It's just, it's ridiculous. What are you going to do, Graham? I'm all for people wanting to make money and all that shit, but it's just like, I mean, Arthur Blank has more money than, you know, almost anyone, and it's like, he was, the one thing I loved about Arthur was he was, you know, when he took over the team, he, he slashed ticket prices, he wanted, you know, the every man to be able to show up to the game and be able to afford season tickets and bring their families, and now it's just like, it's just uh, a baffling Ghoul to that now.
1: Well, it was different times. They had to get people back to the stadium. They did. No one was going to Falcons games that's back true. then. You're, you're coming off going to the Super Bowl. Had, had to build some energy. Yeah. Now you got a shit ton of debtors. you got to pay back for the stadium.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, I, I I get it. It's just it's just a shame. That's the, the world we live in right now, but that's a whole other conversation. I think as we look forward to this Jacksonville game, I look forward. I put "look forward" in uh, big quotations there. Yeah, uh, putting words in my mouth. I didn't
1: know I was looking forward to it, Graham.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Minshew, he's got a mustache. Minshew's got a mustache. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, they're an equally mediocre team. Yeah. Like us, yeah. but also fighting for nothing. Um, last home game of the year. Um. 6A, the fans got a free tailgate. As they do every In week. Corner of uh, Marietta and uh, Centennial Olympic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just look forward to um, Young Way Koo probably getting another onside kick recovered. He
0: almost had another onside kick. He recovered it but himself. It
1: was, it was recovered. Well, it was recovered. That, that's a joke
0: of a rule. Well, we have four guys lined up, and apparently you can't do that on one side of the ball. We had one less person on the field. Oh, that's what it was. Yes. Never mind. You have Sorry. to have an equal,
1: the rule is like something you have to have an equal number of people on each side. Yeah. And we only had
0: four on that side. Mm-hmm. Disadvantage to us. Still gets overruled. I love that he was the guy who recovered it, though, too. And it would have been an illegal onside kick. I think you got to bring this guy back next year.
1: I mean, he's an X factor.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been consistent kicking the ball. He had one bad miss, but you know, you're going to miss every once in a while. And he's, he's the best onside kick I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <Like> bar none <laughs> yeah especially recover onside kicks with the with the rule change uh, to where you can't run ahead of the ball now it's it's incredible
1: I mean he's I know during for the um, Saints game after that game there were three onside kicks recovered in the entire NFL that year and two of them were off his foot and then he got another one after that so now it's mm-hmm. up to three it's just absurd that doesn't happen in the NFL anymore no. Um, yeah, so who's Coo, the bright spot For this
0: entire season Yeah, he's been a, an unexpected surprise Yeah, I guess the only other thing You gotta watch out for with the Jags Is Leonard Fournette He's been a, a monster all year Definitely a dangerous running back They have a solid receiving core D.D. Westbrook uh, D.J. Chark But Not really concerned as much with the receiving core But containing Fournette If you do that should be in a decent enough position to win the game. But, as you can tell by the timer of my voice, I don't really care. I just want to get the season over with and, and look to the future at this point. And I, want to, I do want to keep watching the growth of the secondary. I've been very impressed with Sheffield and Oliver and their ability to really grab the bull by the horns and make the most out of the second half of the season. And Casey. What do you think about a Vic Beasley's season, Graham? Seven sacks. Respectable, certainly. A respectable number. I still, you know, he's he's kind of like the Falcons personified. He had the, he was a ghost the first half of the season. The second half of the season's come on, come on strong. He's had a couple of multi-sack games. Uh I still no chance in hell you bring him back.
1: Well, if Dan Quinn comes back, I'd imagine Vic Beasley oh, comes god. back.
0: So then, you know, we get another 2 and 6 start to the year or one or 0 and oh, 8, man. and then I would we finish love the 2 and, and 6 start. And then uh oh god, I just Gotta he, he, he no you still gotta judge everybody on the, on their entire seasons and I know enough about Dan Quinn and Vic Beasley to know I don't want either of them around next year.
1: Well, Vic Beasley looks better than Tack McKinley does. Well, and he stays healthy.
0: That's true. Tack is uh, struggling to stay healthy, and if honestly, if you had to pick between them, I don't know who you pick right now. I, mean, I guess right now you would pick Vic, but I mean, considering the contract situation, I'm I'm not giving Vic Beasley anything in free agency.
1: What if you can bring him back for like $6 million?
0: No, that's still way too expensive.
1: He's going to probably get a much larger contract. Yeah, than that and let him terms. do it.
0: God bless. Godspeed. I, I, I'm, I'm through with him. we we got to just... Conti- We've got to focus our, our draft on the defensive line. I don't think Tack or Vic is any sort of long-term answer. Tack, unfortunately, it's like every time he seems like he gets going, he gets hurt. And, unfortunately... I mean, there's nothing in his track record to suggest it's going to be any different moving forward. So just keep taking first-round DNs. Now, you know who could have drafted instead of Tack? T.J. Watt. He was available. It's easy to play hindsight 2020 game. Whoops. Whoops. You know, you could have drafted instead of Jamal Anderson. Justin Houston out of Kansas City had like six or seven uh, 10-plus sack seasons and counting. Whoops! I'm sure there's a number of people I'm forgetting right now, but I'll leave it at that. Okay. And the beat goes on for the Atlanta Falcons. Move on to the Hawks, Adam. <laughs> Woof. I don't even know where to begin with this team, honestly. Speaking of wasted seasons. This is a nightmare. Um... I don't know. It's getting concerning to me in the locker room how chippy things seem to be going. The Hawks were absolutely destroyed by the Nets the other night. Or not the Nets, excuse me. The Knicks the other night in Madison Square Garden. Who are an equally terrible team. They are worse on paper than we are. They have RJ Barrett and Marcus Morris. And they beat us, they scored 77 points in the first half. They beat us by, I think, 25 or 30 points, I don't know, something ridiculous. And we were just, this is a team that is at the bottom of the league, not only in record, but in terms of offensive efficiency, and you gave up over 150 points to them. How is this happening now? Can you explain
1: modern-day NBA basketball and why all of a sudden people are scoring 150 points? Where it used to be like 100 points, that, that was a, a high-scoring affair. Just all the the emphasis
0: on three-point shooting. Emphasis on three-point shooting. Defense isn't as strong as it once was. Why
1: not? Why can't you defend
0: that shit? I don't know. Um, It's just a... do we have a basketball correspondent we can bring in on this one? Maybe we will find one one day. I don't know. But I I think there is a hell of a lot more three-pointers taken. Everyone in the league, it seems like, has to be able to shoot a three. You rarely find anybody who's just your classic big man who will just park down low um, you know, so many guys are three and specialists. Now it's like, if you can't shoot a three pointer in today's NBA, like, you like, you can't succeed almost. You can't, you can't become a regular player. And certainly that's contributed to it. But I think with the, with the Hawks, the weirdest thing about this is, is that, you know, Lloyd Pierce is a defensive minded guy and we're not really there. The effort isn't there on defense. Like there's like, usually the effort's not there on defense in the NBA, but like there's literally almost zero effort some nights. It's like, you know, the game against the Lakers uh, when they came to town, it's like we saw a decent defensive effort there. And then we go on the road against the Knicks and just get totally blown out. It's just like, once again, similar to the Falcons, there's no consistency at all. It's very different situations because the Hawks aren't expected to contend, but you're still seeing a, vi- a very inconsistent output from this team. And you're starting to hear about it in the locker room. Um, and that, that is concerning. No one's, like hates each other. It just seems like everyone's really frustrated and doesn't know what to do to be able to get that effort out. It's a lot of talk about, you know, we've just got to put the effort in and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, well, okay, yes, but how do you do that? I saw the first um, article about Lloyd Pearson. Maybe he's not the guy. We're, I'm, I'm we're, not, r- we're raving about him. I'm not, willing to, um, I'm not willing to say that. Even with a 6-22 and 22 start, I'm not willing to say that. But I was
1: saying there's like zero communication on the court. And that's just a sign of like lack of
0: leadership. And, well, I uh, think we have a void with all the guys we lost last year. Dead, you know. Chris Kirshner wrote a great article on the Athletic, and he pointed out. And I don't want to pretend like I'm I'm coming up with this, but he said Deadman was a huge leader in the locker room, very vocal. Baysmore was also huge, even though he wasn't the best player in the world, he was an excellent mentor. Justin Lynn apparently was invaluable, as he says. Jeremy Lynn. Sorry, Jeremy Lynn was invaluable to the development of Trey Young. Who's available, by the way? Like, we could bring in Jeremy Lin. Maybe. I don't even know where he is at this point. But um, there's a very concerning quote by Lloyd Pierce. He says, um, that's the biggest thing. I keep talking about competitive spirit and trying to find that effort. We don't have it right now. That's always going to come back to me. I'll never put it on any of our guys. It's going to come back to me. We have to find it. So it seems like the willingness to exude effort, to ex- want to execute, the willingness to win is not present night in and night out with this team. And it's just weird to me how, even though you, it's a collection of a lot of young guys, and I know we've lost a lot of, of veterans, it's still just strange that this team feels so different from the the team last year, especially in the second half. You, well, know, it's it,
1: just, you, you did lose your core. Yeah. I mean, your core veterans—you lose all them, you replace them, two rookies who aren't necessarily ready. John Collins misses most of the John year. At Collins. Point. I mean, we probably have like seven more wins
0: with John Collins on the court. Yeah. but I think it goes beyond John Collins. You know, coming back, John Collins comes back next week. He's he, going to play like a man possessed. I bet. I hope so. He better, considering what you know. I, I put a little bit of this a little bit of this on him. I mean, it was it was crazy how we came out to start the season. We looked very competitive. Locked in, ready to rock. Yeah. And then once John Collins goes out, it's just like the wheel not just one wheel came off, all the wheels came off. We've been riding on our you know, literally grinding gears uh, to this point. It's 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 awful. I think we're four nineteen since John Collins suspension happened. Woof. And um and, and, and but Collins isn't like, you know, a superstar. You can't just expect him to come back and everything's gonna be okay. There goes I think it goes a lot uh, you know, a lot of it come, goes back to just, you know, the continued development of these players. But someone's going to have to step up and be more of a vocal leader. And I saw a moment with with Trey talking to to Cam Reddish the other night. when uh, I can't remember what Reddish did, but there, there's something he should have done better. Uh, I can't remember if he missed a shot or, or didn't do well in defense. Regardless of the the scenario, but it was nice to see Trey take him aside and just, and just talk to him for a minute. So you see little things like that. Trey's going to have month. to be the guy. I mean, yeah. he's... he's what, he's 20? Yeah, which is a little unfair to him. Yeah, but he's, he's just going to have to take on that role. you got to have someone else other than Vince. Vince Carter can't do everything from a leadership standpoint. you got to have a guy who's going to play more on the court um, step up and, and say something. And it's tough, too, because a lot of these other veteran guys, like your Alan Crabs, your Evan Turners, they don't play that much. So it's like for them to be big rah-rah guys seems kind of disingenuous, you know? You know, your voice takes on a bit of a Steve Holman. Um, I have Steve Holman in my blood, man. You know, I love that. I love that. <laughs> when, guy. when you talk Hawks, it comes out. And you know, there goes there goes Dedman. gonna kick it out to Trey. Trey goes around the screen to to Herter. Herter back to Trey. Trey through the legs. Goes around the bend. Kicks it back out to Herter. Herter with a three from the corner. Bang, <laughs> bang. And LeBron James is complaining to the referee. He said he was out of bounds. He was not King James. He was not. Sit down. Sit down, young man. Yeah, um, Like, like I, I said, it comes Atlanta. out of you, yeah. <laughs> Uh Yeah, I don't know what to honestly to say about this team. It's really just depressing. This whole Atlanta sports thing is depressing.
1: Feels like uh, some of the darker days in Atlanta sports yeah. right now. Even we we're, yeah. we're coming off. I mean, we know we got a good Braves team. Or we're coming off that good team this last year, but it's just like the way we lost that, following into the shitty Falcons start, falling into this. It's just what do we got?
0: Yeah. It's, it's really it's, United if you, get eliminated from the playoffs, right? When they're supposed to, you know, hopefully repeat. At least they won a playoff round. Give them that. Uh, another disturbing quote here from Cam Reddish. I just feel like maybe we're not together as one. Well, guys, <laughs> go bond. Go to bar. Get drunk. Figure it out. Yeah,
1: I don't understand. Like, if you if you know effort's your
0: problem, try harder. It's, it's odd. What's the problem? Bro? Yeah. I mean, also getting your brains beaten in night in and night out doesn't help the morale. So, I'm not trying to make excuses. But... Maybe try on defense? Start there? Yeah. I mean, if you want to turn it around, it's on a lot of it is on you to, to, to do so. A lot of it is on the players to, to, to make it happen. And if you know you're not giving max effort in defense, there has to be a way to figure that out. And right now, you know, even though I was defending Lloyd Pierce, I won't say he's devoid of criticism. If this is the kind of effort we're getting, then we, you know, that's, you know, something's got to change in order for... I'm not not saying he's on any sort of a hot seat because you know when you're doing doing a rebuild, it's going to be tough. And you're going to have moments like this, especially with this young core. And some of that can be pointed to Travis Schling for maybe not trying to bring in some other guys who could, you know, contribute that are veterans. However... Um.
1: you think this is secretly what the Schlenk wanted he wants one more top five pick maybe I don't know what the that's hell he wants put, put this hodgepodge team together
0: no continuity who knows maybe we're certainly on base <laughs> to get in the lottery again that's for sure you know what's concerning about uh, the Lloyd
1: Pierce thing to me Graham hmm. you know who else in this town is a defensive minded coach Dan Quinn yes and we've had the worst defenses under him.
0: We have. I think it's a little different comparison, considering Lloyd Pierce watching to rebuild and Dan Quinn inherited some players that, you know, he inherits Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. But I'm just saying, if you're a defensive-minded coach, you think defensive energy wouldn't be an issue. That's fair. But you also have to look to last year where we did get good effort defensively. We, we, we had a very fun team. And I don't think you can fully judge Lloyd Pierce right now but I'm, you know and, and have any sort of like end all be all opinion on him I think the jury's still out on that but I, I still think I've seen enough from him to know that uh, he can still get the most out of this group but something's gotta they gotta figure something out from a chemistry standpoint I'd say you don't need to judge him but keep an eye on him Graham. yeah keep an eye on him I mean you can judge him, I'm just saying don't like give up on him it's time Do- to raise an eyebrow yeah raise an eyebrow don't declare him a bum don't say we need to you know maybe he's not the guy I think we're, we're, we're way too early in the process to know that. We also saw this team just totally turn around last year, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did it again. You know, once you get Collins back and get some continuity going, for Christ's sake. I think getting Collins back is going to give this team a shot in the arm. I'm not saying they're going to go on a run and get back in the playoffs, but... You just need, like, one solid 10-game win streak. Even, like, five. Like, think small. Give me a five-game win streak. Three? Three, sure. Start there. Are we winning tonight? We were up last time we were watching the game. I'm not sure what the score is now. But, yeah. So it's certainly dark times indeed. Not too much going on with the Braves. Julio Tehran was signed by the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim today. Or just the LA Angels. I don't know what the hell they're called now.
1: I'd like to give a shout-out of appreciation to Julio Tehran and his, what, seven years of service
0: something like that maybe eight maybe nine i think he, i think he first came up in 2011 i mean he's been a reliable guy eat up innings he's a reliable innings eater i'll say that uh had a couple of great seasons mixed in there pitched the
1: best game of his life in the last game ever at turner field out dueling that was awesome justin verlander i, loved, I was there for that that was great uh, he got a bad- I feel like he got a bit of a bad rap by the Twitter sphere his last couple seasons I, I think it was I, I think
0: we're gonna miss him at times this year maybe i'd rather have if Cole Hamels can do anything we did in the first half of last season, I think we'll forget about Julio Tehron very quickly because but Cole because Hamels isn't here to replace julio Tehran. Cole he Hamels. Is, well you could argue that he is he's he's the veteran you know. I think we expect a a little, we
1: expect more
0: than Julio Tehran out of Cole Hamills. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, it's it's still gonna be interesting to see who's who's gonna get that fifth spot. It's been really quiet in terms of any other moves really going on. I mean, you know, Anthony Rendon was signed, but just across baseball, just waiting you
1: know, on Donaldson.
0: Just Donaldson's like the big ticket guy right now. You know, Garrett Cole signed, Rendon signed. All eyes go to go to Donaldson now. What hell's he
1: waiting on? I mean, I guess then there's some calls going up to SunTrust Park back and forth. Could be.
0: If, if I mean, if I were him, I'd, I'd be trying to get all the money I can. Yeah, this you is don't his, blame him. This is his last big deal. I mean, deal he's really he's just trying have. to
1: get those, that fourth year.
0: Yeah, I think he really. I mean, he said that he wants to come back to the Braves, so I think he's trying to hold out hope. But eventually, you're gonna have to make a call. He, he and the, the the thing for him, I would also say is is that you don't want to get to. You know, February, spring training is going around. We're still having this conversation. I mean, I think something's going to happen sooner rather than later. what we said last week. Yes, and the week before, and the week before. But I still feel like before the, I don't even know if it's going to be before the year is out, but it could happen any second. Well, the question is, what is what is does Donald, uh, Donaldson uh, and thoughtless do if he decides not to resign with the Braves?
1: still stick with I don't see us going to the regular season with Nick Marque because he's our cleanup hitter this year. Yeah, I really really hope not. Uh, something will get done. I don't know what I'd, I'd, I'd just put it all go all in Graham mm. trade Ian Anderson, whoa. Uh, Drew Waters, Jesus, faulty. You
0: really want to trade Folty for some reason <laughs> for Nolan Arenado? I would trade those three for Arenado. Say it. Anderson, Waters, and Folty? Yeah. Or maybe Anderson. They'd want Freed over Fulty, I bet. I don't
1: want. I can't. I can't trade. See, I don't think
0: Fulty's trade value is that high. Even but, though, but he's
1: the third guy in that trade. Ian Anderson and Waters are
0: the big ticket packages. I think that. Especially for Colorado, pitching's always tough there because of the park, right? So they're definitely, I don't want pitchers. We have plenty of pitchers. The issue with getting Arenado is I believe he only has two years left on his deal. So are you willing to give up those guys? I thought they just signed him to a big deal. Did they sign him to a big extension?
1: I think last year. Oh, you're year. right. Yeah.
0: So it's, but I think he can opt out after the second year or something, or the third year.
1: Us taking on a shit ton of uh, money.
0: Yeah, and losing a lot of prospect capital. I mean, let's face it. Nolan Arenado is the best third baseman in baseball. I would argue, best offensively, best defensively. He's 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 in his prime. Having him here would be insane. If you had Acuna, Freddie, and Arenado in the same lineup, I mean, you are that's a murderer's row. So it's this, it's a scary prospect to give up. I think Anderson could be like a. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Well,
1: what what about this one? This is what uh, some. That's not a bad package, though. That's just the Adam Collow package. This is another package that uh, someone else came up with. Braves get Nolan Arenado. Rockies get Freed, Fulte, Bryce Wilson, and Austin Riley. Freed
0: Bryce Wilson. I don't know if that gets it done, man. They're going to ask for the moon. They're going to ask for more than three guys. It's going to have to be like a five or six-player deal or something. That's scary, though. It's scary. Rings
1: of a uh, mark to share. But you, if he's not a rental. Yeah. You'd, you'd have to figure something out if he does have the opportunity to opt out. But that could just be you speculating. Yeah. On but it's tough, to
0: I mean, this is coming from the guy who thought that the Phillies got Joe Maddon. Right. So you can't take my word for... <laughs> Hell no. You know, I'm not a reliable you know, viewpoint on anything.
1: You're not a source. Not you're a, a source. Your viewpoint. You're not a source. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm not a source.
1: You're I've, more of an opinion-based guy. Yeah. I'll my, listen to your opinion, but you're uh, My facts are usually
0: wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you think about Arenado, man. That would be sweet. It's just whatever you have to give up for him is just so devastating. You've got to give up something to get someone like that. But, you know, we've been talking about all the pitching depth in this organization. So, I mean, eventually, Push is going to have to come to shove with that shit. So, Fred is
1: just like he's just so like I want to keep. He's, Fried, he's ready man. now, man. Yeah, I, I that's really the problem. I feel him. like Freed is the now. He's not the future. He's the now. Yes, yes. And Anderson, I've never seen the guy pitch.
0: I've seen some minor league stuff. He looks really good. Power, power pitcher. Some highlight videos. Big hook, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's times like this when you when you know all you all you uh, you know armchair GMs kind of shudder at the thought of actually being the real GM because that's a that's a huge huge decision i I like
1: my I like my offer I don't think they'd
0: take it but you don't think they'd take
1: that? No.
0: I think they would I And mean, those are two studs and inconsistent but at times excellent pitcher I mean it's not like a bad offer or anything I just think they'd probably want more just because is so damn good
1: Give him some
0: Wilson Contreras as well, and Tukey, and Tukey. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't think, I don't know. I think you need at least one more high profile guy in there. I think you'd have to throw Freed in there too. I think if you did that, that might that might be the ticket. But you wouldn't do that, would you? I would be so sad on a personal level if Max Freed gets yeah. traded, I or hell, that, they'll I, probably ask for Soroka. You know that, that that's where negotiations would start. That's on, yeah, that's where they would start. Saying, would you do Soroka? I mean, Soroka for Nato straight up? No. I think from Sor- the Braves' vantage. No, it's very tempting. I don't know. I mean, when you think about it, with the pitching depth, you could conceivably do it, but I think Soroka's got the potential to be, you know, a top five pitcher in this league, and I just would would, as much as Arnauto is the best at what he does, he's you know approaching thirty. Sorok is so young, we're going to have a decade plus of excellence from him, hopefully. However, Arnado is more of a known commodity. It's a tough yep. deal. What would, you, what would you do? I wouldn't do I, it. I would do that You shit. would do it.
1: Okay. Yeah. You only got a few more, I mean, who knows how many year, more years of Freddie Freeman.
0: Yeah. No, we need, like, honestly, we've, we've gotta, you got you to... Got You've got this great bullpen in place. Yeah. We've got to do something crazy here. That's not going to last forever. Yeah. We've got to do something... I think it's time for Mark to share a trade, Graham. You just got to hope. You just got to, if you make some sort of crazy trade like that, you've got to really, it can't It can't just be a rental. You got to have, some, like, it, it can't. And I'm not saying Arenado would be. I'm just saying you can't just give up all those guys for, you know, one year of, of a very good player or a great player. I saw some trade package where
1: uh, these are also just losers speculating like us. But it was like Arenado and Charlie Blackman. And then for our big prospect package, and then you have to throw in Ender and Ciarte as well. Oh,
0: yeah. Get rid of Ender. I'm totally fine with that. Although we need, we need Ender right now, though. Do we? Yes, we do, Graham. Yeah, I don't think... The, the way people are talking about it, it, doesn't sound like Waters or Pache are, are ready. Um, not just for the start of the season, but even like a, a May call-up or something like that. It seems like they need some more seasoning down on the farm. So you're, you probably right we probably do need Ender
1: yeah Nolan Arenado signed an 8 year $260 million extension with the Rockies in Mm. in February of this year opt out after 3 years 3 years Okay, so we have 2 more years 2 more years dude why would you give him that option he probably demanded it Uh, yeah I don't like that eligible for free agency after the 2021 season he probably thinks he can go out and get more
0: money with a new deal.
1: He's probably right with the money they're throwing around nowadays. Yeah, it's crazy. You know what
0: I'm saying? I feel you. Well, I think this concludes our, our episode, Adam. I believe that is correct, Graham. Hopefully we'll have something else. Well, we won't have anything else to talk about next week. I don't think we'll be having a show next week. We will not. This might be our last show of 20. Uh, this could be our last show of 2019. 2019. If it is, uh, we want to thank you guys for a great year. I think it's been our best one yet. I really thank you for coming along with us and listening. We hope everyone uh, that you love and you yourself have a great holiday season, whatever you celebrate, and we'll be back in full force next year. And we look forward to talking to you guys then. I'll
1: just leave you with this, people. If you're ever in a situation where you're general manager for a professional football team, Mm. Never, Graham, under any circumstances ever, ever, give a big contract extension to an NFL running back.
0: Words to live by. Take that with you. Words of wisdom. All right. Until next time, rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. So. Hospitality.
2: Who's got a beard that's long and white? Who's Santa's got a beard that's long and white. Who comes round on special night? Who comes round on special night. Special night, beard that's white, must be Santa, must be Santa, must be Santa, Santa Claus. Who wears boots and suit of red? Santa boots and suit of red. Who has a long cap on his head? Who has a long cap on his head. Cap on his suit that's red. Special night, beard that's white, must be Santa must be Santa, must be Santa, Santa Claus. Who's got a big red cherry nose? Who Santa's got a big red cherry nose. Who laughs this way, ho, ho, ho. Santa laughs this way, ho, ho, ho. Ho, 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 cherry nose, cap on head, Sue that's wet, special night, Here yeah, that's right. As now, Kennedy, Johnson, Nixon, Gasher, Panther, Branson, Vixen, Connor, Reagan, Bush, and întem- Clinton. You when you stay, come you my no way. Ho, 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 Jerry nose, Cap on head. Suit that's red. Special night. Here's that's why. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa.